Hey, welcome to the Flamingo Advantage Podcast. I'm really excited to dive into a fun sales conversation today with our special guest. Stay tuned. Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage Podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field, and your business as an act of worship. Hey, welcome back. It's Katie Horner. I'm so excited you've decided to listen in today. Our speaker today, our guest with us, is a career sales expert. And I know for some of us, that is not the most comfortable place to be in, but I'm excited to have him here and help us learn how to make it fun. This is someone who's worked 100% commissions in every job he's had since his first day out of school. And he leads a training and consulting company now, traveling across the country, speaking on stages, uh, training thousands of people in sales, in business. And he's also a Second City improv comedy trained person. He loves to be able to share a comedy and, and, and make people enjoy these trainings as he goes. He's so much fun to listen to on stage. He's got an upcoming book called You Can't Do That. Oh yeah, watch me, where he's interviewing business and sales titans who went and did it anyway. I know that's something I'm looking forward to reading. We're going to have a lot of fun today, and I'm excited to learn from Chris Cummins. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, Katie. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to talk with you today. So many things just in that intro that we could pull out, but number one, you've always been working in sales and commission-based sales, and number two, like you enjoy it. And those two things don't seem to go together for most of the people (laughs) in our audience, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got into this, and how you make it fun. Well, how I got into sales. Interestingly, I've known that I was, I enjoyed people, right? And I enjoyed persuading people to do things. Hey, let's host a party. Let's run an event. I did that all through you know, junior school, high school, into college. And um, I remember after college, I, I walked into an executive recruiter's office and I said, hey, I want to be a salesperson. And I understand you are in executive search for salespeople. So I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. And she said, okay, uh, how much experience do you have? And I, you know, I, you know, you know, that feeling of wet behind the ears, you know, you're like, you're still drying water from behind your ears. You're like, I have tons of experience, I swear. You know, and she said, no, I'm like full-time, not summer job stuff. And I said, well, I don't, I don't really have any experience. And she said, go get two years of sales experience. Come back to me with two years of sales experience, and then we'll have a conversation. And I thought, okay, so now I have to prove to her that I can do this. So I, I joined an organization, like a small shop selling t-shirts. And two years of selling t-shirts on 100% commission, they were selling to, you know, to schools and fundraising projects. And I said, you know, I want to do business stuff. So I started calling on, on much larger organizations, you know, a lot of the big brands you would know. And I've sold some pretty huge campaigns, which was really fun, you know? And uh, so I went back into her office, you know, at the 20, actually on the 24 month mark, she called me and said, okay, Cummins, you have your sales experience? And I said, why? Yes, I do. You know, and here's the numbers and here's what we did and da, da, da. She said, okay, let's go. And that's when I, uh, I ended up joining a surgical sales company and I was selling uh, surgical medical and equipment to surgeons and biomedical technologists and, you know, hospitals. Fascinating ride. But I just, I think it started with, I really enjoy people, Katie. And I've learned over the years that sales for me, and I would argue the most effective salespeople that I've been influenced by and those who have taught me 
they've taught me that you don't bang people on the head and make them do something they don't want to do, right? Instead, find the people who want the thing and then help them get that. So I, I suppose how I got started was I, I discovered I, I, I like people. I enjoy conversing. I enjoy connecting with people. And those, all of those skill sets come in very handy in the sales environment. Yeah, it's interesting that you went from t-shirts to surgical medical equipment. Like <laughs> right. it, 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 those, those two don't seem like, you know, one is not like the other. And yet you were very successful in both realms. So maybe it's not so much about what we're selling. Maybe it goes a little deeper. Well, isn't that interesting, right? So there were aspects that I really enjoyed about the surgical sales environment. I, I enjoyed all of those boxes that I've started checking with you now, right? Some aspects I didn't enjoy were, I suppose, related to my, my weakest parts. You know, we have our, our superpower, the things that we're great at, and we have the things that we're not so great at. Um, some of the things that, that I've learned over the years that I'm, I'm not really fantastic at staying on top of a whole lot of tiny details and juggling many details in a row, which is now why, you know, we have a team here at Cummins Media. Figure out what you love to do and do more of that and you become awesome at that. Figure out what you can't stand doing that drains your energy and then find people who love doing that and then you compliment one another, right? But interestingly, you nailed it. The, I said to the recruiter, I said, um, this is wildly different than t-shirt sales, you know, and she said, no, 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 the, the skills that you brought that allowed you to get up in the morning, to go meet new people, to go you know, present these ideas, they're the same skills that you need in here. We can train you on the other stuff. Now, uh, some of my undergrad courses were in biology and chemistry. And you know, so I, I understood the physics behind it. I understood the biological you know, tissue effect of the surgical devices. And then they trained us at, I, I mean, I like to call it a, a Coles Notes, you know, two-week intensive operating room. You know, we were doing... Uh, labs and, you know, resecting organ. It was fascinating. But they said, we, we know that the skills you bring to the table are the ones that we need. We'll teach you on all of the background stuff that you need, all the product. And so interestingly, in my opinion, sales are very transferable. You know, it doesn't really matter what you're selling. If you can get passionate about an idea and if you, can, if you have integrity, if you have the ability to probe and ask questions and, and make meaningful connections with people, I think that will serve you very well. But I, I, Katie, I think there's a problem in the mindset of a lot of entrepreneurs, and that is that we think sales is bad because we've seen bad salespeople do bad things in sales. And so I would argue a lot of folks have this feeling that, oh, well, sales, well, <laughs> I'm not a salesperson. You know, really, in my opinion, the most effective salespeople that I've met in my career are the ones that they just, they find people that want what they have and then help them get that. And if you have integrity, you will say, listen, uh, I can't in good conscience let you buy this from me. Like you, you don't need this. And oddly, that actually causes you to become more attractive to the customer because they realize that you are looking out for them. It's not just trying to extract money from them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the integrity of knowing who's, who's the right fit and who's not really comes into making sales be a way to serve people right? Like if, if I truly believe that what I have is going to change your life, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you get that thing, to convince you that you need this because I'm so convinced it's going to change your life. On the other hand, if I meet someone who is, I know is not a right fit, this is not what they need. This is not going to work for them. It's also service to be upfront with them in that. And it is interesting. I think that because of so much instant gratification in our world, a lot of times when you say to somebody, you know, no, I'm not sure this is a right fit for you. Mm. It almost makes them want it more. Like, how dare you say I can't have that, you know? And, 
And then they, then they sort of start convincing themselves almost. So that, that, what is that phrase in Spider-Man, you know, with, um, oh gosh, I can't recall. You could use that in a negative way, right? With great power comes great responsibility. There it is. So, yes, um, yes you can do what they call, you know, the takeaway close. And that is like, no, you can't have this. And then someone's like, but I want it more now. So it's possible to use that in... in I didn't know there was a name for it. Uh, call it the takeaway close. There, there's all kinds of different sales training stuff. But the key, in my opinion, to having a lasting career, period, in sales or anywhere, right, is if you are a person of integrity, it will help you in the long run. If you are not a person of integrity... It will harm you in the long run. You might be able to close some deals. I closed that deal and we did that and we did that project there. But they're not calling you back. They're not referring business. Uh, they realize that you smell off, right? Mm-hmm. A, a phrase that uh, we came up with, gosh, maybe almost 20 years ago now. You know, I like to I like to talk about commission breath, right? You walk up to <laughs> someone, hey, how are you? And they're going, <laughs> <laughs> you're trying really hard, buddy. If you're trying to extract money from people and that's just, uh, that's all you're doing, you're smiling and dialing and banging the phones and hustle culture, you know, if you're just trying to extract money from people, you might close some deals in the short term, but you're gonna have a very hard time growing a lasting business. You know, I've been running Cummins Media now for, I'd like to say 19 years because I think it sounds better, but it's 20. (laughs) And I'm convinced that we wouldn't be working with the clients that we're working with. I'm convinced that I would not be able to be running this business that I am now if in the early days I'd done a bad job or if in the early days I'd under-delivered consistently. Like you, you just can't. So yeah, mate, you might close a deal, but then if you can't deliver on that deal, what are you doing this for, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of businesses fail in the first couple of years. You know, they close some deals, but they, they don't close those deals in such a way that they get more deals from them, right? They don't get referred business. It's like, yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, working with that guy was fine, but you know, I'm not gonna do it again. Okay, they're not going to send people. On the flip side, like, oh my gosh, working with, I don't know, working with Katie, her, she was so prepared. She knows her stuff. She's, she told us three times not to get the thing because we weren't ready. And then when it was time, she was there to serve us. Oh my God. You know, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much business thrown your way. Yeah. And that brings up an interesting question too. Like, how do you, how do you separate yourself from that desired outcome? Because like entrepreneurs, we have to sell to make money right? Most of us are the sales team and the delivery team and the marketing team and the everything. And yet, like, how do we not have that commission breath that you were talking about? Like, how do you separate yourself from the outcome and just be like, in my perspective, I see it as like, God pays my salary, Mm -hmm. right? So if I show up and make the offer and do what I'm supposed to do, he's going to take care of how I get paid at the end of the day. But for a lot of us, I think we really struggle with that. Like, I really do need income and I really do want to serve these people. So what do you do or what do you suggest people do to kind of not bring that anxiety or that, you know, that desire or that need into the thinking and the the feelings as they're having those sales conversations? So this is a conundrum, isn't it, my friend? You're saying that we need the revenue because we're entrepreneurs and we've got to close this deal. And yet... Chris, this guy is telling me that I can't close a deal if it's not right for the customer. And that is this, that is this tension that you have as a salesperson, right? And I would argue the people that uh, keep succumbing to the, I got to close a deal, I'm just going to close a deal, I'm just going to close, you will have short-term revenue, but you will not be able to build a sustainable business. So you will have to walk away from some deals, even though it might harm you in the short-term financially 
as an investment in your future. Yeah, and that's hard, isn't it? it? It's extremely hard. But, uh, you know, you go back to the words of Jim Rohn, do more than you're paid to do as an investment in your future. Like, I, I love Jim Rohn's, you know, business philosophies around just investment in your future. You keep investing in your future, right? So your reputation matters. Invest in the reputation. And an investment in reputation can just be telling the truth and then delivering on it. That's an investment. And what was that quotation? Uh, something to the effect that, you know, truth is expensive, right? But we have to make that investment. So the short-term wins versus the long-term investment, you will build a much better business by telling a client right now, look, this time isn't right for you. You shouldn't get it right now. We'll, look, we'll revisit in Q1, but now it's not okay. No, I'm not going to sell this to you now. Meanwhile, your credit card needs payment and the things need to happen, but you're investing in that longer-term relationship that can turn into a larger deal and very likely more referrals from that customer in the longer term, right? So I would say that as entrepreneurs, we need to have enough buffer uh, and maybe even a side hustle or something to, you know, to keep the lights on on some of these things so that we can build um, more trusting relationships and work toward larger deals. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yes, I think so. For those of you listening too, I want to be sure that you know how to, how to connect with Chris we want you to go over to the the link in the show notes over, check out his LinkedIn account as well as you can email him. We'll put his email there. And if you email him with Flamingo in the subject line, he's got some sales training he can send you to be able to go deeper on what we're talking about today. But tell us a little bit more about where your uniqueness comes in. I know you have a very unique stage presence. You have a very unique personality that comes out in everything you do, including those sales conversations. How did you get comfortable in your own skin and how do you bring that uniqueness into these sales conversations and your your stage presentations and things? It's funny. How do you bring that uniqueness in? I would suggest that becoming comfortable with yourself and it sounds trite but just follow me on this one. Like you have to you have to be okay with who you are in order to truly be authentically you. I mean, the consistent feedback after the keynotes, consistent feedback after engagements is like, you were the same person one-on-one as you were talking to 2,500 people. This is, you're the same guy. You know, I don't go from Katie and Chris having a chat as buddies to presenter Chris. You know, I don't jump into, to whom it may concern, welcome to this large thing. We shall do these things now. And I used to, Katie, I used to do that as a keynoter, uh, as a presenter, and as a salesperson, I would become the person that I thought I should be. And in some cases, I was trying to be Jim Rohn, or I was trying to be Tony Robbins, or I was trying to be, you know, Zig Ziglar, or trying to be uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, or try, right? I was, I was thinking, well, these people have been successful, and so I need to, I need to emulate them, and you know, even personality-wise, I should come across as them. And I also figured I should be professional Chris, and professional Chris is different than friendly your buddy Chris. So I would go into these sales meetings, you know, hello, it's nice to meet you, pleasure to meet you also, you know, not with the fake British accent, but this sort of, not a pompous air, but just trying a bit too hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like, not even consciously puffing my chest up, but sort of like, <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> professional Chris is coming in in three, two, one, hello, pleasure to meet you and nice to meet you also, you know? And yeah, sales started coming more rapidly, deals started closing more when I took that veneer down and just became way more real. I wasn't trying to be anybody else. I was just going to be Chris. And it's 
so scary. I mean, if I go to the the keynotes, right? I've been giving presentations professionally now for 20 years. And uh, it was a speaker buddy of mine who in year one, right? We were on this road trip together. Uh, we were working for the same organization doing these presentations in different cities. And so he would see me present at the back of the room. He'd be at the back and he'd see me present. And the next day, I'd be at the back and I'd see him present, right? So we would do this back and forth. And then we'd be in the in the car traveling to these cities for a couple hours in some cases, right? And we're listening to a radio ad. Somebody came on with an accent, a, you know, British accent or Scottish or something. And then I did that Scottish accent. And he looks at me, he said, I get you now. I said, what do you mean? He goes, there's a lot going on in that brain of yours. Like you're having fun right now. And I said, I'm having a ball. Like I love, you know, I love humor and I love the character voices. And I really enjoy, you know, telling stories with like sound effects and, you know, gusto. And we were talking about helicopters and I was like, you know, and he said, tell me you've made that sound in a keynote. I was like, no, never. That's not professional, you know? And then I said, I'm not going to do that. Are you crazy? I'm a professional right now. And he goes, that Arnold, you, tell me you've done the Arnold in a keynote, please, I beg you. And I was like, no, no, I've never, that's not professional. And so he, he's, he maybe this is 20 years ago, right? He said, he said, here's what I want you to do, buddy. Um, I'm going to stand in the back of the room. And I'm just going to stare at you. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be pointing at my watch until you do the Arnold. You have to, I don't care when it might be in the last minute of the keynote, whatever, but you have to do the Arnold and I'm just going to be pointing at my watch. And so I'm, I think this was a 90 minute talk or Anyway, 60 to 90, let's assume 90. I'm at, you know, minute 86 and I haven't done the article. And he's like at the back of the room. And eventually I just, I finally mustered up the courage to, you know, just be real Chris, like the guy you're talking to here. And it flattened the room. They were like, that was amazing. Ah! And afterward, he just looked at me and said, see, you got to be you, man. Um, that was extraordinarily like liberating, I think. You know, um, so I would say the try too hard business person, you're trying really hard to be really super duper professional. Yes, we need to have a professional air to a degree, right? But we need to be ourselves. So where do you get that? You, you, you give yourself permission to be you and it's like, it's okay to be flawed. You, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, the more you try to be perfect, the less attractive you are in sales and on the platform. I love that. Give yourself permission to be you. And I think that's part of the story with the flower in my hair. I needed permission to be me, to embrace the fun and the color and the confetti and the party. Like the Katie that loved all of those things got stuffed down inside of me for so long trying to please other people that I'd forgotten who I was until I had the opportunity to give myself permission and realize that, you know, God delights in the way that he made me to do all this. And God delights in Chris and the way that he made you to have all those funny sound effects and to just enjoy having fun, entertaining people as you're teaching them. And I think it's so, so important that we give ourselves that permission just to be us, whether it's sales conversations or regular conversations and just be you inside, outside, wherever you are in business, out of business, it pays to be you. Wouldn't you say? I, I would. And while you're being you, you also need to take an interest in the other person. So like jumping right into, you know, what model number do you need? And you want the one in green or the one in yellow? Whoa, 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 slow down. You know, in a lot of cases, you have to get to know the person a little bit too. Now, business to business sales is slightly different. If you're selling to enterprise and a CEO, they don't want to spend the first 22 minutes talking about their cats and their children and things. But for the most part, you can't just come in hot and say, so how many do you want? You know? You have right. to build some rapport. And, uh, 
And by you being yourself, it you know gives them permission to sort of let their guard down and be real as well. Um, I would argue all sales, in fact, all business really is relationships. Yeah, fabulous advice. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to give you a chance in a second to leave us with some last words. But first, let me just remind our audience that we want to have you go connect with Chris. Uh, Head on over to LinkedIn. There's a link in the show notes where you can connect with Chris Cummins. Also, if you want to email Chris at chriscummins.com, put Flamingo in the subject line, and he'll be happy to send you his sales training. I know it's going to be beneficial to you. We're so excited to have had you on the show today and be able to, to send people your way, Chris, and learn from your experience. But what would you leave us with today? What is the most important thing that the entrepreneurs listening need to hear and remember from this talk? Oh, boy. I would suggest that uh, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone is the key to growth in sales and in business. If you're feeling discomfort, it's probably because you're growing. You should do more of that. Love it. Do more of what makes you uncomfortable and keep growing. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. All right, you guys, we'll see you in the next episode. If you're looking for some more marketing and sales tips, don't forget to check out our newsletter, theflamingoadvantage.com forward slash news. We'll see you in the next episode. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.